Hello, Brad here. Just to say we're super proud that the Friday 5pm podcast is sponsored by the Malt Miller, the UK's best home brew store. We use the Malt Miller for all of our homebrew experiments, as well as tapping them up for advice and binging on their awesome YouTube channel all the time. That's why whenever we release a homebrew video, we put a recipe kit live on the Malt Miller, so you can brew with the exact same amazing ingredients that we did. The same ingredients used by pro brewers. So alongside the Malt Miller's nitro-flushed hops, cold-stored yeast and milled-to-order malts, you can pick up recipe kits for our Five Points Best Bitter, Russian River West Coast IPA, and now the fastest beer in the world, a hazy session IPA that goes from grain to glass in less than 48 hours. Sign up to their newsletter at tinyurl.com forward slash maltmiller to get 5% off your first order. With the Malt Miller's amazing customer service and Johnny's 48-hour recipe, you could order the ingredients on a Monday and be drinking the beer by the weekend. Speaking of which, it's Friday. It's 5pm. So enjoy this week's Friday 5pm podcast. Good evening, Big Geeks, and welcome to the Friday 5pm podcast. I hope you've got a beer in front of you, cracked open, or on your way to the fridge to get one, because it's the weekend. Bradley, how are we feeling? I'm alright, mate. I'm alright. I'm, I'm covered head to toe in uh, ant bites, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> it's a story you've got to tell. Come uh, on. Right at the top of the podcast. The podcast. Um, yeah, so basically, last Saturday... Went on a big bike ride, glorious sunshine in London that day, um, and I ended up in Greenwich Park with my girlfriend and a friend in our in our little. I thought you were going to say in an ant's nest. Well, uh, in a <laughs> in our little social bubble, um, and we were sat there enjoying a couple of beers. Uh, I was sat against the tree. The park was very very full to capacity, so the only sort of tree spot that we could get because we needed a bit of cover. Our friend is is Irish and he's quite a pasty man, so he he, he does burn. Um, so we so you we, picked this suspiciously unused tree. We did, we did, and and there wasn't. It was right at the beginning of the park, right at the entrance. Uh, so it's like, why isn't nobody sat here? But there, there was no grass left on the pitch, which sounds wrong when I said that. There was no <laughs> grass left uh, underneath the tree, so I just thought, ah, it's a high traffic area, obviously. Um, anyway, it was very uncomfortable when I was, I was in sort of shorts, very short shorts, like swimming trunks. Um, and I, we just sat there for a couple of hours. I've been suffering with a bit of backache at the minute and I, I needed to stretch out. So I was lying straight, you know, perpendicular on the floor. Is that the word? Horizontal on the floor. Um, and I kept sort of feeling something. I was like, oh, something's sort of crawling on me. Not quite sure what it is. So I'd get up and jangle my bits around and then get back down and because I was good lord right at the top of the podcast yeah really hot uh really tired and then anyway went to bed next morning woke up and oh my god I was I my whole body is covered in what looked like hives um and it's it's ant bites um and I've obviously had a really nasty reaction to them apparently they they spit acid on your skin um so my yeah, my whole body is incredibly itchy and hive ridden, but it's it's starting to dissipate now after a week of bite cream and Benadryl. So yeah, good lord, <laughs> it's so. I, itchy, I Johnny. thought I thought you were exaggerating. I thought that would be a funny way to open a podcast. No. I'm not sure whether that will make the edit. That sounds awful. It's I've been in a lot of 
a lot of pain and and just well, more than the pain it was the, the 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 trying to not scratch the willpower to not scratch. yeah like being a kid with chicken pox oh my god i thought when i woke up i thought i had chicken pox because it's they're really weird like if anyone don't google it but if anyone googles ant bites it's it's horrendous like it looks <laughs> like you've got some terrible tropical disease um yeah i'm starting to feel a little bit more chipper and I didn't get my face, which is good. You know, the moneymaker is intact. Don't, no no touching of the hair or face. No, it's they, of got, they the went rule. all down my butt crack, which is horrendous. Oh, God. No, so, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, back to beer, back to beer. And on that well note, out of my comfort zone now. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk, talking of butt cracks. Um, yeah. the, so the big news this week... Um, well, no, let, let's get into the, the arseholes that are regional brewers in a second. Let's start with some really positive news, which is that in, a, in, in <laughs> just over an hour, in fact, we are going to be going live on our YouTube channel for uh, our next live show, live show number 20. Ooh, is it actually 20? Can you believe it? 20 wow. live shows we've done now, or we will have done by tonight. Um, so we're celebrating with a very special episode with Wild Beer Co., who were sort of the original, the OG uh, wild uh, mixed fermentation sour brewery in the UK, founded in, I think, 2012, came out of the gate straight up with a Flemish red. You Ooh. know, that famous, Big famously seller. loved style by the general <laughs> population, exactly. Um, and they've actually, we've got some four-year-old uh, Flemish red, um, Modus Operandi, which is their, their flagship beer, uh, to taste. They've aged that away, and we're going to be cracking a bottle of that. Um, and lots of other age stuff from their sellers that they've released specially for us for the occasion. So it's going to be an amazing night. Um, we sold lots and lots of cases for it, so I'm very excited. Yeah, how's uh, your have your beers turned up yet, Johnny? Because I I suffer with bad anxiety, as I'm sure the the listeners have learned by now. Um, and I I've been texting you every day this week asking if your beers have arrived because you're, you're not in your usual location, are you? In lockdown. I'm not. No, I'm. I'm. I'm at my parents because they've got uh, this thing called a garden, oh, um, nice. which, being a Zone Two London flat dweller, means <laughs> I, I haven't seen for many decades. Oh man! Um, but no, the beers have not arrived. Turns out they got broken in transit, but oh, uh, the God. courier uh, decided that you know nobody needed to know that. Um, so uh, the head of marketing for um, for uh, Wild Beer Co is literally on his way to to my house right now with a wow. case. That's service, isn't it, right there? That is service. That is dedication. So huge thanks to Wild Beer Co for Bravo. doing that. I was um, I, I, I offered obviously to to come, or I would have offered rather, but today I'm beer judging for the Society of Independent Brewers. Ah, so either I had to get up at about six in the morning. Or I'd have been over the limit by <laughs> by that point. So um, they they are rushing some beers over while I um, continue to drink a very mixed bag of uh, British independent brewing. Mm, Godspeed on both accounts. Yes. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about the judging for a bit because that's been a lot of fun. So I've I've done. I'm a beer judge in, in, in lots of competitions with lots of different companies. Um, the Seba one is always a lot of fun because. Um, every brewer you know is is independent and mostly very small. Um, so you do get, I've got to be honest, a pretty mixed bag in, in terms of quality, particularly when you get to the American styles because you see lots of really beautiful uh, New England and West Coast IPAs, stuff like that. But you also see lots and lots of regional brewers seeing how well these American styles sell 
and basically just taking their classic golden ale or British pale and just changing the hops to Cascade. Blimey. Um, which does not work. Um, <laughs> mostly you're picking up uh, diastole issues, um, sometimes some DMS issues, which basically smells like popcorn. They don't actually up the hopping rates much, so you can't really tell that it's American hopped. And it's just an absolute mess. So uh, the Session IPA category, which I've had today, and the Pale Ale category, which I had yesterday, is, is one of the ones that the judges, I think, kind of hope to avoid a little bit. Because <laughs> mm, um, you get you get that mix. But we had IPAs yesterday, and that was awesome. Nice. Um, I'm pretty sure we had some stuff from North and from Thornbridge. Um, some really, really tasty stuff. And a, and a really delicious New England IPA that I don't know who it was from because it was in a 330ml can. And I can't think of somebody making delicious New England IPA in 330ml. That's just not the format, you know? <laughs> they need to get with the program. It comes in 440s or 500ml. It's tall boys. Um, so I'm going to find out who that was uh, once all the results are in. Nice, mate. Um, we've never got you onto a judging table, have we, Brad? We need I, to do that. No, no. I mean, I'd just probably get pissed and think everything was great. Uh, but you're only taking very small sips. You are. Well, yeah, okay, right, yeah. As soon as I said that, I was like, I know what that answer is. I've, I've set him up there and he's going to knock it out of the park. No. Uh, I, I just remember uh, uh, when we were over in Shippenburg and watching that, that guy, one of the um, participants in, in, in our uh, college course. Oh, yeah. He drank everything to the bottom, including the stuff that had been spiked with chemicals to make it taste well. Yeah, we were spiking stuff to teach people about off flavours. So, like... DMS, diacetyl, acetaldehyde, all these things that in large volumes are pretty disgusting. And he was just necking them. And it was cause light, I think, that we were spiking because yeah. that, you know, obviously there's very little flavour to that beer. So you, you really pick it up and he was just necking them. Yeah. Was, free booze was, is free booze to some people. It some best of America style, like, let's go for it. Uh, yeah. Just amazing to watch. I think he fell off his chair at one point, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did at the end, yes. <laughs> But hey, that's what learning with the craft beer channel's like apparently. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um so yeah, if you want to learn like the, the processes that we use for judging beer, um, then you could head to we've got a video with the guy who invented the Cicerone program, which is sort of the Sommelier program for beer. a uh, great guy called Ray Daniels. Uh, we did a video with him on how to taste like a beer judge. Um and we've also got we just mentioned some pretty technical terms like DMS and diacetyl. Um if you go to our uh what is it? Technical terms brewers use video. Uh, yes. you'll, you'll get the meaning of some of those in a, a more straightforward way than, than we just did. Nice. Um, so uh, there was no video this week, um, but I got I got an amazing comment on the uh, hard truths, four hard truths in craft beer, in which we were telling people how they could help small independent brewers in a tough time. Uh, and the comment was, don't drain poor beer, it's just a waste of the brewer's energy. Eh? So what they're saying is, you know, brewers put a lot of hard work into drinking that, into, into oh. making that, so you should drink it. What, even if it's wrong and horrible and... That's, yeah. That's a they're saying li- Literally put, let's be honest, alcohol is a poison. You know, we should be consuming it moderately. But he's saying, even if it tastes rancid, you should finish it, because the brewer... Was this Had our Shippensburg uh, friend who suggested this? <laughs> Maybe that's exactly what reminded me of it, because I just pictured this guy just necking sour car scale, like going to pubs and going, Oof. don't chug that away, I'll drink it. Blimey. The brewer, 
He put he, he or she put a lot of effort in. Blimey. Yeah. Don't so um, flat out disagree with that. Sorry, mate. Yeah, me too. I have I haven't responded yet. I need to get my wording just right. I don't want, I don't want to be a dick, but I need to explain to him that uh, he shouldn't be drinking alcohol that doesn't taste good. He should be uh, also supporting the people that can produce it properly. Um, so talking of supporting people who produce beer properly, um, I wanted to dedicate the lion's share of this podcast to some really pretty shocking news, um, which came out two days ago. Uh, around small brewers relief so small brewers relief is basically a tax break that was introduced in 2002 for small breweries breweries below 5,000 hectoliters which if you need context is like burning sky 4,800 so anybody's smaller than burning sky so you know a decent business turning over maybe pushing a million quid but but not a big business um and the government has decided to reduce that tax relief right the very logical why not? Why not kneecap yeah. the little guys? Exactly, right in the middle of a pandemic when still sales are hovering at about thirty percent of what they were. Uh, we've got a potential no deal Brexit, which will cause huge currency issues, which really affect breweries. Um, and now they said, yeah, and that tax break that you get to try and balance out the economies of scale so that you can compete with the big guys on price, we're we're going to get rid of that. Wow. So yet again, this government has proved they don't care about individual people and little guys. Yeah, exactly. They they only listen to uh, the big businesses that have their ear and have the budget and are, you know, many of them are, are bribing them. You know, there's lots of news about corruption in the government at the moment. Just look at Genric. Um so this this change was lobbied for. This affects 88% of breweries in the UK, by the way. 88% of the UK's breweries are below 5,000 hectolitres, and it was lobbied for by 40 breweries. So barely a percent, and they have won out. Wow. And all of them are big breweries who want tax breaks themselves. Oh, man. So they have done a land grab, and they've fucked over the prospects of about 2,000 breweries. This is uh, shocking, but... You know, not unexpected. This summer, I'm going to be hosting talks at the Manchester, Bristol and London Craft Beer Festivals, giving festival goers the chance to attend tutored tastings, rare beer pours, meet the brewers and even guided tours of the bars. These three festivals are the highlights of my events calendar, featuring some of the world's best breweries with delicious restaurant pop-ups, great music, and a really welcoming party atmosphere. It's the third year I've been hosting the We Are Beer Tastings table, but for the first time, I'm delighted to offer all of our listeners, viewers, and Patreons £5 off a ticket when you use the code CBC5. Just hit the link in the description to buy. See you there. No, I mean, so this debate has been bubbling under the surface for a long time. CBA, the Society of Independent Brewers, who are running the beer judging that I'm doing today, they called for a review because they wanted the tax relief increased above 5,000 to help breweries that get to 5,000 grow without having suddenly very big tax burdens. But this this coalition of, of larger regional brewers has sort of seized on that review and lobbied the government and won. Shit. Um, 
So, I mean, it's it's devastating. Like the the James Calder, who's the chief executive of SIBA, was. I was speaking to him on the phone shortly after he'd spoken to the MP about it to complain, and he was like, you could tell he was shaking. You could hear his teeth shattering, uh, uh, chattering. Like he was like super hyped on adrenaline and just broken by this news. Um, it's. I don't know. I, I was I was in complete shock when it happened because so many of our our friends, brews that we support, you know, are significantly more likely to go under, and they're already under great threats because of because of COVID nineteen. And on top of that, lots of breweries that I love, you know, St Oster, we we talk all all the time about St Oster as one of our favourite breweries, and all the time they've been campaigning for the death of the other breweries that we love. It's just unconscionable. It's 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 shocking it's corrupt it's baseless and it's timed so poorly that it just beggars belief it looks punitive it looks like punishment for not daring to grow like the capitalist overlords think we should i think it's is more of a case of the haves uh wanting to keep having or 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 pull back the share that they may have had a couple of years ago where they're, they're probably losing well they are losing ground to the little guys um so you know what yeah, well the- and they're losing ground to the little guys and you know just beer sales are still really stagnant and most of these brewers are car scale brewers so i get that they're struggling for margin i get that they're struggling for volume and their their little segment is in decline but if you believe in beer if you trust that beer will always have a place in the world and if you if you believe that supporting other businesses in that means you can all work together, then you don't do this kind of move. You don't punch downwards in moments of crisis. It's uh, it's a shitty move for sure. It's uh, it's a it's a very um, decisive move by by everyone involved. I think it shows where their where their heart might lie, and that's that's yeah. maybe not with. Uh, you know, small beer and the small good guys. artisan. Yeah. So that's that's upsetting. Yeah. So if you want to learn more about that, we'll we'll put a pin in it there. But if you want to learn more about it, I've written an article for Good Beer Hunting, an epic. What started as about five hundred words and turned into over two thousand. But it will explain everything, um, and you can make decisions yourself. We're not advocating for this, but there are lots of people boycotting these breweries that were part of the coalition um, because. Yeah, because it's unconscionable and it's outrageous. Oh man, I was I was reading uh, about corruption this week, and uh, the guy that wrote Gomorrah, he's a he's an Italian journalist. His name's I think his name's Roberto Saviano or something like that. He, Sounds legit. Yeah, he um, he came out a little while ago, and he reckons that the UK is the most corrupt uh, country in the world. Um, and he he rationed that by that we are the financial center of the world. Well, certainly in Europe and well, most of the world actually in banking, um, and that it, you know basically all all of our government, everything, all of our rules are set up to allow um, the the kind of uh, filtering of money from uh, bad places such as cartels and stuff via this sounds like i'm going down a conspiracy theory hole this guy's a legit journalist via jersey the cayman islands all these offshore uh, places that we kind of are our uk outposts 
Um, so that was that was quite shocking. Although not that shocking to me, but anyway, you know, check him out, Roberto. I mean, yeah, it's shocking when when an Italian journalist know, right? of the mafia and <laughs> yeah. the parties that um, Berlusconi used to host and the friends yeah. that he had when they're going. Actually, the UK is more corrupt. That's terrible. So I believe it. You know, over all over the UK, we talk about press freedom as being mm. a great sign of of how corrupt a country is. In the UK, it's actually the opposite. We should be talking about government freedom because the press has so much control mm. over the public mood and what what politicians can actually do. So we're kind of the opposite. And I'm not saying the press have too much freedom. I'm, I'm just saying that the people who own the press are horrific human beings. Murdoch. Um, exactly, yes. Um, and, and Desmond and all these other guys, just these British oligarchs who control the media and control the narrative. Um and, you know, there's so many things that fed into that decision uh, that the government's made around, you know, the temperance movement. There's a very strong temperance movement in the UK for trying to force people to stop drinking alcohol and to ban advertising. Um, you know, that whole booze Britain narrative that sort of died away a little bit, but still, it always put beer at the front of it. If they were talking about alcoholism, about uh, looters, rioters, about football hooligans, it was always a pint of lager or a pint of cask ale in their hands in the images they used. Yeah. And if you look at the data, you know, mo- most people who abuse alcohol, beer is only a small segment of that. So it was, it was like a cheap shot, a kind of shorthand to saying that beer drinkers are yobs. Yeah, it's la- lager lout is the cliche that's just become yeah. this, this image. Um, so, yeah, so... Um, Fuck the government, am I right? Am I right? Fuck the man. Yeah, indeed. Um, I might have to put um, put adult material on this podcast for this one. Um, so we've got one final very exciting bit of news uh, that we can finally unveil, and there'll be lots, lots, lots more details coming over the, the, the following days and week. But we have teamed up with We Are Beer, who are the organisers of the London Craft Beer Festival, Festival British Craft Beer Festival, uh, Edinburgh Craft Beer Festival and Birmingham Craft Beer Festival known as Beer Central to host a lockdown craft beer festival the weekend of London Craft Beer Festival. If I have to say craft beer festival one more time, I'm going to scream. So our next live show, we've got our one tonight, which you should all be tuning into straight after this. Our next one is on the 8th of August. It will be from the amazing Little Faith uh, down in Deptford in Brad's neck of the woods. Oh, yeah. Um, and we'll be hosting lots of amazing breweries. We're in talks with um, all kinds of people to come on board. Um, already confirmed, we've got Brick, we've got Five Points. Um, we might we might have Omnipolo. We're in talks with Omnipolo. They might be helping out. Uh, that's very exciting. Collective Arts. Um, we might have uh, the McKellar Brew Pub in London. We might be doing something with them as well. So it's an awesome lineup of breweries who were going to be involved in the London Craft Beer Festival. We're going to be doing content with them, cook-offs uh, down at Little Faith, and of course lots of tastings, lots of guests, and lots of unedited nonsense. So please do watch out for announcements for that, which will be coming in a couple of days. Have I missed anything, Brad? Um, I'm just I'm hoping we're going to get a live phone-in from Rick Astley via the McKellar boys. Um, <laughs> apart from that, because I want to I want to make him some Rick rick sausage rolls some rick rolls um but i think we've got it covered mate i mean wow it's it's kind of a little idea that we had a few months back well quite a few months back now 
and it's kind of snowballed. Um, getting getting uh, We Are Beer involved and, and making it with them, I just think it's it's amazing. It's gonna be it's gonna be super fun. Hopefully, it's gonna be a little bit Hootenanny, a little bit Jules Holland. Speaking of Jules Holland, yeah, yeah drinks... Jules Holland meets Saturday Kitchen. Exactly, Jules uh, yeah. drinks in the Dog and Bell in Deptford, or he used to. Um, so he is a Deptford boy. Uh, Shit, we should we should drop him or his agent a message <laughs> going, "Hey, we're, we're doing the beer version of your show. Want to come? Would you want to host it instead? I'll just say that. Does he <laughs> want to host it? And then it'd be amazing. But he probably doesn't know a lot about beer. But um, also, then what's our role? Uh, we are very enthusiastic co-hosts that are learning from a master, Jules Holland. <laughs> Follow me it's this It's not way. a bad impression. It's not a good one, but it's, it's not, not a bad a, it's one. It's not a good one. <laughs> um, on that note, let's leave it there. We are well over our allotted 20-minute schedule. Um, so, guys, yeah, do tune in tonight for our Wild Beer Co. show. There's a link in the show notes for that. Do tune in on the 8th. Um, and also make sure you read the article all about Small Brewers Relief and inform yourself about how to help. And watch our Hard Truths video also in the show notes to learn how you can help in more practical ways. Um, have an awesome weekend. We will see you next week. Uh, we do have a video coming on Wednesday. I'm not going to say what it is, but it's a lot of fun. And we'll see you there. See ya. The Bubble Podcast is brought to you by the nerds behind YouTube's Craft Beer Channel. Head to youtube.com slash the Craft Beer Channel to watch this week's video and over 400 more exciting episodes. If you love what we do, please, please, please do subscribe and even join our Patreon at patreon.com slash craft beer channel. Love and beer. <laughs>